yeah, I've never watched Gossip Girl. I got no idea what. Oh, Gossip Girl's another. Oh, good you're one gonna watch like Gossip Girl. Girl. I'm not watching Gossip Girl. <laughs> I know what we're doing next. <laughs> There's no way. I mean, I've seen a couple episodes, but only only over your shoulder. What? It's the Upper East Side in New yeah. York. Okay. What is the What is the quote? It's like, you know, you know me. XOXO. 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 <laughs> Gossip Girl. <laughs> Who was, who was the Gossip Girl in the end? Oh, everyone. Oh, yeah. oh everyone. Like, everyone was at, at oh, a time. Oh, at one point, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the... the um, What's his name? The, the, the curly, guy? The curly hair. Yeah. Mm, what, a, what a twist. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think... They, did, they must have have known throughout the whole of the seasons, and then they were just like, shit, who are we going to do it? Yeah. yeah. Dan, that was his name. Dan. Dan. <laughs> Old mate Dan. The, the RC is still... The best one. Welcome to Python Poetry. Hey guys, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Let's put our po- podcast voices on. Howdy. <laughs> we're missing. Uh, we're missing Sam today. Okay, he's. What? We're missing Sam today. Oh, I thought. I thought you said, let me sing a song today. (laughs) (laughs) Let me sing a song today. Where is Sam? Yeah, Sam, you're sorely missed. You're sorely missed. It's it's not going to be anywhere near as funny. Or or as well read. Is it it fair to say Sam's the most intelligent of us all? Um, Rude. No, I think that Sam definitely (laughs) brings something to the podcast. It's going to be missed. Yeah. Um... Mm. Also, because we're not as drunk and we're all quite tired as well, so I think it's the it's the triple factor. Yeah. <laughs> that also brings us to our sponsor, da, 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 da. Bridge Road. They've sent us a slab of uh, beachy XPA. What do oh. you? It's not bad. I thought I, like I said peachy, and then I was like, I'm not taking, tasting much peach, but it says beachy, sir. So. Uh, beachy. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, I was going to read the can for a, ma- a second. Beachy XBA can trace its roots back to our first commercial brew in Ben's dad's shed in 2005. A refreshing ale with a tropical hop aroma and a crisp finish. Sure mm. ticks all those boxes. Ticks those, ticks those boxes. Bridge Road is a uh, great old brewery. You can go up and visit them in Beechworth. They've got a lovely place up there. You can get They do pizza and you can get a tasting paddle over there. They've got thousands of taps on. Not thousands, but... <laughs> And so yeah, we're just gonna be, we'll probably we'll probably say Bridge Road a couple of times throughout the podcast just to make them feel like <laughs> we earned the, yeah. make us feel like we earned this slab. Yeah. What what is that one though? That's the that's the one that's Bridge Road as well. That's the one we're gonna be uh, t- testing taste testing. Uh-huh. Do you want to do that now? Or you want to do that? After? No, we can do that later. We can read poems first. All right. Great. Who wants to go first? Molly. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> Let me just have a sip of beer. Prepare. Okay. We've not even t- we've not even said what the theme is for this week. Oh yeah, the theme for this week is. She's <laughs> <laughs> gonna. Have, I'm just gonna, gonna have read great. a random poem. Now. <laughs> well, it says it on the the title card. Like, if you're re- if you're listening to this, you can see what the theme is because I write it in the title of the. Yeah, but we still have to introduce yeah. it. Yeah, no? like you. There has to be an uh, introduction. Yeah. Welcome to Python Poetry. This week's theme is... Mm-hmm. 
No, exploration. Oh, what? I thought it was travel. No, it's exploration. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm so glad we're all this on is, one page. <laughs> this is a disaster. But I mean, it's kind of, it's not the same, of course, but so it relates. Yeah, because it was tricky, right? Because when we were at the pub last week, we were like, what should we do for the, the podcast? And we kind of t- said travel and exploration. And at the time I was like, you know, it's the same thing. And then when you actually start reading poetry, I'm like, it's not the same thing. No. Because explore- exploration could mean inner, within yourself yeah. or within, you know, like so many more. It's so much more interpretive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a so way it's better So it's basically theme. two themes <laughs> we've got this week. Um... So you're doing travel and we're doing exploration? Is that <laughs> no, 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 no. I just thought that there was a theme for this week. But to I mean, be honest, the poem was... you picked still, is still good. Yeah, it yeah, still it still applies. The, the, yeah. It applies. Yeah, for sure. Okay, should, we yeah. re- should we read a poem? Hit it. Okay. So my poem this week is by Robert Frost, who is a quite well-known um, American poet. I know the name. Um, and it is The Road Not Taken. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveller, long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black, Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less travelled by, and that has made all the difference. Mm. I read that before. It's a classic, I think. I think, is and it obvious? The, yeah, the, uh, the roadless, tra- yeah. Yeah, the road not taken. I, actually, when I was looking for my poet, I stumbled over that one. But then I was like, hmm. But if you... S- probably, I, I thought that one of you might have picked that one already. So I decided Just against it. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a, 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 a saying attributed to this poem. Isn't is it not? Is this the like the? I'm not sure if the say what the saying the road less traveled. Take the road less traveled. Yeah, I'm not sure if. I'm not sure if it's um, a coincidence or whether that saying is derived from the poem. I actually, I'm not sure. Because the the saying, take the road less travelled, is telling you to take the road less travelled, whereas this poem is saying he regrets taking the road less travelled. I, I don't think it, I think that, so, <clears throat> this, when I read this poem, I didn't, it, it doesn't, like, jump out to me as, like, I don't, like, love it. But I just thought it was interesting because, and I thought it would make a good discussion because for that point exactly. So like, um, sorry, just a little like beer burp there. Um, I think that it's, the whole point is that it's ambiguous as to whether it it was a good thing or a bad thing that he took that road. Like, I took- It is in the dark. yeah, Yeah, like, I took the one less travelled by and that has made all the difference. He doesn't say if that difference is good or bad. Yeah, but just at the start of that stanza he says, I shall be telling this with a sigh. Mm, yeah, I guess what you're saying. I don't know. I think that I think it could be taken either way. Mm. Sorry, where's the... Where, where are we? Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe the poem's just really about wishing you had two chances. Maybe. Maybe it's about... 
you not being able to go back to see what other ways would lead you to. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. That's the regret. Not not taking, like not not taking the other way, but not just not seeing where it leads. Yeah. And not being able to do both. Yeah. The, it's the kind of what if question, right? Yeah. Like, and I guess that everyone everyone has that. But yeah, I, I don't know. There was something kind of like. I, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, I certainly don't read this poem and think, like, he's, like, super positive. Like, I don't think that he's like, wow, like, I'm so glad I took that path. But, I don't know, there's a kind of, like, um, an eeriness to it that I just kind of felt a little bit, like, yeah. drawn to. Oh, Doyle's scratching on the door. <laughs> he wants to come in. Doyle, the podcast dog, wants to join in the podcast. Doyle! Yeah, well, someone has to open the door. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Oh, look at his little face. But he's scratched. I'm going to do it. He knows we started without him. He picked his poem already. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone, someone's going to make the jokes now that Sam's not here. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone's going to bark. Uh, yeah. Come in, buddy. <sighs> Come on, buddy. I do... F- I, yeah. I don't know. There's also... So why, so Max, you were saying earlier that this one had crossed your, it, you you were going to pick this one. It, it came into my sphere. Mm. <laughs> and what intrigued you? Well, exactly that, that the, the saying attributed, attributed to it, or possibly attributed to it, is the opposite of what the poem is actually saying. But now reading the poem fully, I'm not sure that that's the case. And I don't know if it is the case, and I think that I think that Im- ambiguity is is him is the yeah I think that that's what makes it interesting. It's that kind of like the in life, you know, you're often faced with you know two choices, and it's like, do you ever really know that you've made the right one? Yeah. No, you won't. But the point is, is that not a good thing? Like I I would probably ninety percent of the times I. I don't want to know if that was. Oh, the absolutely! Right you don't. You don't like, want to know, do you? Because <laughs> I'm. Can like, you imagine? I mostly I'm glad how it turns out, and I think if you <laughs> knew, you'd be just depressed all the time, yeah, probably. Yeah. If I hadn't gone to Pizza Hut today, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> that kind of thing, or is it a little bit more? No, like. It, Basically, I don't know. It applies on everything, really. Every even small decisions and big yeah. ones too. I don't know. But it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah. Well, you just make. You no, just it doesn't, because you never will know. Yeah, exactly. That's. I think that's the point. Yeah, it's it's you. You make uh, you make the best out of whatever, whatever, whatever you choice choose. you've made. Yeah. yeah. Whichever fork in the road comes your way. Yeah. But yeah, and I also liked I liked the, um, you know the the wording of it, you know, and the the description of how, you know, the yellow wood and the the kind of this idea of like the one the one traveller um looking as far down and bent in the undergrowth. I don't know, like I thought like visually mm. it was quite a nice Good imagery. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, imagery. Thanks Max. That's the word I was uh, looking for after hard <laughs> day's work. I was definitely like, a good poem, that- but not a favourite. Yeah. It's a mm. I think I, I feel like I I can appreciate it as a as a classic that it is. Yeah. It's concise. Um, 
but at the same time, yeah, look, definitely, um, it intrigued me, but I didn't, I didn't love it. But I just thought, you know, mm. maybe that's, that's kind of why I chose it. I thought maybe it was a one to mull over. Yeah. A little bit about Robert Frost. Just did a little quick Google. Died in uh, 1963. Middle name was Lee. There you go. <laughs> oh God, Sam, come back. <laughs> we've, we've, we've digressed into just reading out Wikipedia. <laughs> um, he received four Pulitzer Prizes for poetry. That's oh, pretty wow. impressive. Yeah. Um, that's about it, really. That's all you need to know. Legacy, let's see what this is. <laughs> His poem Fire and Ice influenced the title and other aspects of George R. R. Martin's fantasy series A Song of Ice and Fire, which is what uh, Game of Thrones is based on. Mm. Oh. Mm. Don't watch Game of Thrones, not yeah. sure. Neither, either. Mm. Never watch the single. It's over now. Don't bother. I'm so sorry. I'm it? actually not because. I've tried I'm to watch sorry it. I'm just all. like. It's just I'm not my kind of series yeah i really tried to i tried to get into it and then i just mm. was like and now i just feel like it's too much of a commitment yeah not like Grey's anatomy though it's like, <laughs> like the oc <laughs> yeah but the the thing about game of thrones is like one story and but whereas Grey's anatomy is just like each season's a different um, no it's like a small small stories within a big one like, like nicely put <laughs> Yeah, McDream- but no, McDreamy. But there's no. There, Come on. When they started it, there was no idea where it was going to finish. Did they know that with Game of Thrones? Yeah. Well, George R. R. Martin did. And then, is the, is Game of Thrones Game of Thrones not the one where like someone else had to rewrite it because he didn't do it in time? Yeah, like the last three seasons were made before the books came out. Mm. Which is why that was shit. So it wasn't actually finished. It was finished in his head. He just hadn't written it out. Yeah, but that's not news for anyone. Yeah, still gone. So what? What's why wouldn't they just wait until he'd done it? Because money, money's more important than anything else in the world. Isn't that the truth? I mean, if you can't wait for a writer to finish his work, what what did he say? Was he I'm, agreeing on that? Thinking, like, I, I would, just... I would kill people if they would do that yeah. to my. If they base the story on my books, then fucking wait until I finish them. Well, he sat down with them and like helped them write it and stuff. I, ugh, this is not Game of Thrones and poems, <laughs> <and hearts, laughs> is it? No. no. Okay, next poem. Jesus, I can't believe we're still talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> Should we do the, the beer review now? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're doing Bridge Road because they uh, helped us out with a schlab. Um, the Bridge Road beer that we're going to be reviewing today is. That was a shit pop. Bling IPA. Ooh. Um, I've had this on tap before. I've not had it out of the bottle yet. Um, do you guys like IPAs? Yeah. I've got some bad news. I don't news. exactly know what oh, an IPA no. is. I've frozen it. <laughs> Can someone help? What? I don't exactly know what an IPA is. An IPA is an Indian pale ale. It was invented in the time of colonialism, where England had taken over India, mm-hmm. and they would send their beer over, Thank you. and they found that by the time the beer got to India in the ships, it was stale, 
and no longer drinkable. So what they did is they added more hops because hops is a natural preservative. And it also... Makes it stronger. Makes it stronger. Mm. It's like the... Um, so it's a strong ale? Yeah, like to preserve it, but it's like the Gu- the Guinness... Um, was really popular in like the West Indies and stuff and it was the same thing like when they like so Guinness have what's the Guinness is it just like extra strength Guinness what's that what are you talking about Guinness is Guinness extra strength Guinness no 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 so they had like a West Indies version of Guinness and it was the same kind of thing so like it was to like make it stronger so there's like a Guinness that's like 7% oh really and it went to like the West Indies and like places around the world mm. there's German like beer that has 7% mm. it's called a Bock beer it's really strong Bock B-O-C-K. Okay. But yeah, the IP- IPA stands for India Pale Ale. Well, the, the National India? Bureau of... Indian. India? What? IPA? Uh, India. P. India. India Pale Ale. This is what this is called, but I'm pretty sure it's Indian Pale Ale. No, I think it's India. India Pale Ale? Or yeah. is it... In- I think it's... In- I always call it Indian, but this bottle says India. I think it's India. <laughs> Indian. Well, Indian Pale Ale? It India really pale. doesn't matter. I mean, we all get it. Look, it's just a little N yeah. at the end of it. So, <laughs> it's romantic. As for the beer, it's uh, sweet. Mm. I like it. I actually I prefer it to the Beachy XPA. Is it just me? It's a bit minty. Minty. Like, does it taste like mint a little bit? Or maybe it, my, my nose is still blocked and my, my smelling's not like. Uh, my, <laughs> it's not the best sense I have at the moment. Vicks but. on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, quite mild for an IPA, but IPAs are normally a, more, a little bit more, pack a little <clears> bit more punch on the old palate. I like it. It's only 5.8%, which is pretty low, pretty, it's around the middle mark How for much? IPA. 58 mm. I don't know if it, like, I, I don't know if I'm just also really enjoying it because it's like super cold because there's bits of ice floating mm. in it. From yeah, I actually froze it. Frost. <laughs> it, it was, it's so close to being frozen. Should we do a little rate on a scale of 1 to 10? 0 to 10? Oh, we were doing out of 5 in the previous podcast. Were we? Yeah. I can't, do you know what? I can't even remember doing a, sca- uh, a scale <laughs> of the previous podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, no, Um. we can, I, I say we stick to 1 to 5. Yeah, absolutely, if that's what we did before. <laughs> <laughs> consistency. I should just get more drunk for the consistency. <laughs> Um, well, it's, it's good, but it's nothing, well, it's, it's good. The one we had last week was better, I think. Was uh, that the watermelon one? What was that last was week? sour, yeah, we had sours last week. Yeah, this Didn't is, this, you can't really compare a sour to an IPA. Yeah. As True. far as, as far as IPAs go, this is a banging one. I'm, I'm willing to give it a f- four. Yeah, I think so. Four Me stars. too. Mm. <clears throat> I like it. It's drinkable. It's very, it's very drinkable. Mm. Smashable, even. Smashable. <laughs> Dangerous. Dangerous. Deadly. Deadly. With your fingers up. The Detroit to dead. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Is that? that the bridge ride to death? The um. bridge ride to death. That's good. You should be a poet. <laughs> You should be. You should name beers for Bridge Road. <laughs> next poem, please. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Um. Should I go next? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, right. Um. Uh, my poem is by a girl called Kristen Costello. Um. Found. 
found her on Instagram. It, I don't know anything about her. It's just that she's like doing like college poetry and yeah. College poetry? Like, that, apparently that's the style of poetry. Well, apparently, like she, she calls it um, like that. Um, and she's got a, a block called uh, Kristen's Notebook. Yeah, it's a short one, but I didn't have much time this week. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Anna, are you saying that you're not giving this podcast as much time as it deserves? I'm a, I think that you should get like, you know, so, you know, it should be eight hours preparation minimum. <laughs> says the one who found her is on a tram here. <laughs> so... <laughs> I did have a look yesterday. <laughs> also, also the most standard poem there is. Yeah. <laughs> look, guys, I may have just Googled travel poem, and that was the first one <laughs> Even though the theme is exploration. Uh, God. <laughs> I am, yeah. Look, I've done crap, okay? Let's move on. Anna, okay, please. Um, it doesn't have a name, um, a title, so mm, I'm just going to... Untitled. I'm just going to start. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hit it! <laughs> There is a map tucked in his back pocket, and his lips twitch like an undecided compass before he grins. She's always had atlases in place of irises, stacks of packed bags napping in her closet. She knows what it's like to have a head covered in clouds, to peer at pastel dreams through an airplane window. One day he might ask her to run away. One day she might just say yes. Lovely. I like that. <laughs> it is a nice poem. It's short, but I'm kind of on the short poems at the moment. What's just wrong with that? Short poem's a good poem. It's easier, and I think it's more interesting because you don't use so many words to explain things. Yeah, and I think that if, you know, I mean, the podcast would be two hours long if we all had, like, yeah. an essay of a poem. It's yeah. already too long. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It it kind of for when I read it first, it sounded to me like a, a part from a book. It was like just a um, mm. I don't know. It could be from a book somewhere, but um, I love the 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 part that's like she's always had atlases in place of irises. I mm-hmm. think that's really beautiful. Mm. What does that even mean, though? She, so, an iris in her eye. Mm. There's atlases instead, so she's she's constantly seeing uh, seeing maps. Yeah, good. <laughs> oh, Max. Stacks of packed bags, mapping in a closet. <laughs> no, it's good. It's really lovely, and the to peer at pastel dreams through an airplane yeah, window. Yeah, it's is just also like beautiful. you could if you wanted, but you maybe don't because of another person, so, and there's just so much going on. I think. Do you like, know? You know that kind of, um, you know, when you're in an, everyone's had that experience where they're on an airplane and you just happen to be looking out the window at sunrise or sunset, mm. and it is like yeah. breathtakingly beautiful. Inside. Yeah. And you don't, but you also at the same time you like you have that urge to take a picture, and then you don't want to be one of those people that's like, like Insta, you know, like I, you know, I travel. Yeah, but also does it. A photo but of like, a sunset never does it justice. Exa- well, exactly. Yeah. But like, but Especially like, not when you're on an airplane. You never get a good photo of yeah. what's happening out there. But like... It's impossible. Putting putting that kind of like the photo thing to like one side. Like that feeling that you have and like you're looking out the window 
it's so overwhelming mm. and you feel so incredibly small as like a tiny it's breathtaking she's you don't a... have any words yeah when and you she's, it. she's not even like necessarily articulated this massive feeling no but it's just those two lines in i guess when you when you travel when you go overseas and you and you have that moment when you're looking out it is that kind of like those two lines encapsulate mm. or bring about all of those feelings yeah. of that travel and that kind of wonderlust, I guess. Yeah. What I do not get a little bit is the first bit. Like, what has he to do with the rest of the poem? Well, it's not really about him, is it? No, it's not. But, like, what, why, is, why is he in there at all? If it's basically, if the rest is about her... Is being ready to go, basically maybe waiting for him to... Is she in love with a traveller? Take her, or... I don't know. What's his role? I... Well, the way that I kind of read it was, like, he... He's this, um... Yeah, this kind of free-spirited traveller. And the, the the kind of... The line, she's always had atlases in place of irises. It's And to have a head covered in clouds I think mm. she's like a dreamer and she's this kind of like she wants to do all this stuff I don't know if necessarily is that she's doing it and then she meets this person who is you know he's got a map tucked in his back pocket he's the one but then that's kind of what I but then the last two lines are the opposite you know it's like one day he might ask her so he didn't so it's not a decided thing that they actually go travelling or go somewhere together it's She's just prepared for the case. Mm. So, I... I don't know. She's a bit passive. Do you not feel? Is it passiveness? Or is it just kind of... I don't know. I don't know, I don't, I don't know if I'd describe her as being... I mean, if she passive. wants to go travel, just go do it. Get out there. Don't wait for someone to ask you to go out and jump okay. on an aeroplane. Yeah. Not everyone has the means, all right? Uh, you can literally just walk out your front <laughs> no, door I'm with joking. a backpack on. I'm joking. And you'll get somewhere. Yeah. I like it though. I've done it before. No. Oh, have you travelled? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. Because <laughs> I bring it up so often. Do I not? You do actually. No, I'm joking. That was a joke. It was a joke. Don't bite. Do I bring it up often? No, you actually, you actually don't. You genuinely don't. Okay. You only mentioned like twenty times in the first week of that you spoke German, but <laughs> I'm very proud of that skill. And that's a good skill to have. And that's something different because you actually lived in Germany. You didn't travel there. I travelled Germany. Yeah, but you lived there. I think it's something else. Yeah, but before I met you, I travelled Germany. <clears throat> that was, you spent like a night at a gas station. That was you travelling through Germany. I spent a, fo- I spent a Bus- Busted by the wife. <laughs> I spent a solid four weeks in Germany. I, I'm just saying it's something else. Like I wouldn't Busted say that I wouldn't say that we travelled to Berlin because like we lived there. What? Uh yes. And that's a whole different no, no. experience entirely, right? Like it's yeah. you know and it's not better or worse, it's just different. Yeah. I mean yes, we did travel there at the beginning to move there, but then it's actually moving there. It's not really travelling anymore because you settle down there. Yeah, it's still travelling. Like, is, is, if you move somewhere for six months, is that not travelling? Well, I, I mean... There's different definitions, you know. Like, you're not... Travelling for me is more like um, being, like, maximum one or two months. So maybe the spot. theme of this then... podcast is travel. And, uh, and we, 
Have we swapped the theme around? We've confused ourselves. <laughs> We're clearly very confusable people. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, anyway. Yeah, yeah no, I, I liked it. I liked it. It's, um, it, yeah. was, it was soft in a way, and I don't know... Yeah, I agree. What, soft. Yeah, it's really hopeful that people who don't like really traveling or maybe waiting for a person to just take them by the hand and do it, that they like just maybe get the courage to... I feel like she's she's sort of stuck in what the modern person thinks life should be and won't would only escape that if someone that she'd met asked her to go with her. Yeah, maybe. Whereas... Yeah, I just... um, That could be it. I'm not saying that that's not it. I just think that it's not... You know, it's not necessarily like if got she's this kind of, you know, passive, submissive person that's waiting for this person to come and, like, take her away and but experience she's got adventure. Luggage already packed in her closet, and she's just. What is she waiting for? Get out there! Go! Yeah. yeah. Makes me angry. I don't know. Maybe this guy's holding her back. Who knows? Yeah. This poem definitely does not make me angry. If anything, I feel the opposite. I feel just, like, very, like dreamlike and yeah. kind of wistful and getting like the travel buck yeah. Mm. yeah anyway makes we... me want to sit on an airplane and look at the clouds mm. yeah. let's go somewhere again mm. look at this place <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a uh, one of the one of the shittest parts of the world being ironic because it's like one of the top voted isn't it it's well yeah it's not, yeah. It's what, Australia? Melbourne. It's all, it's all objective. It's number two now. Actually, it's quite subjective. Vienna uh, took over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you're fine, actually, Max. It's uh, subjective. No, Vienna took over the most livable Did it? Yeah, city. Vienna took over. We're number two now. Oh, world, yeah. oh well, that's it. Like, moving, moving to Vienna. I wouldn't. But at Melbourne was it, I think, <laughs> Oh, you travelled there, have you? No, I've not, been, I've not been there, but they're Austrian. That's where Hitler came from. I think Melbourne was it for four or five years in a row. Was pretty. Yeah. That was pretty impressive. Since since the thing started until last year. Yeah. All right. Uh, I gotta go to the bathroom, so I think we're gonna take a break now, and then we'll come back and do my poll. Excellent. <laughs> Craig Thompson Motors is uh, we're, we're having a closing down sale. We are. Uh, a lot of our cars are run out prices. I have to close the business down because my wife left me and took the kids. And, well, now I can't afford to run this business because she also took all my money and the divorce. So, you know, we got to- Toyotas. We have Toyotas. We have Toyotas at break- breaking prices. I'm going to break the bank on this one. You're not. No, I don't want to do a second take, Terry. This is good stuff. We have, uh, Subarus? You want Subarus? I got Subarus. WRX? All of that. Susan, if you hear this, give me a call. I, I, uh, I, I just need to speak to you. Can we, we can talk this out. I don't want to. I just want to see my kids. You want Fords? We got them. Falcons, Commodores, the like. Greg Thompson Motors, come on down this weekend, get a good deal. 
pick what's left of my corpse clean, because, boy, uh, I'm so, I'm so ruined, I'm ruined, you vultures are gonna come and take what's left, well, you know, come get a deal, I, I, I desperately need this, actually, I'm living, I'm living out of a Subaru, WRX, and just, just come on down this weekend, please. I have rent to pay. I want to. I want to get a new house. I don't want to be living in my Subaru WRX anymore. Craig Thompson Motors, come on down this weekend. And we're back. And it's still getting comfortable. Ooh. Got all my it's uh, it's my turn. Mm. So, my poem is not actually a poem. I really stretched the meaning of the word poetry with this one. Carl Sagan was the original pop scientist. Genius. He, you know, you know Neil deGrasse Tyson? Favourite. That's it. Neil deGrasse Tyson is sort of his protege. Okay. Carl Sagan. So Carl Sagan was the original um, narrator for the original Cosmos, right? Yes. If you haven't seen Cosmos, watch Cosmos. It's probably the, the greatest thing ever to be made for television. Um, he would just... He, he was not loved amongst his peers because he was sharing science with people and scientists thought that it was theirs in some way. He, uh, he died of cancer quite young, I think like mid-50s. Um, uh, he was also, he played a big role in the Voyager spacecrafts, which are the only two man-made objects to leave our solar system. The first one left the solar system a decade or two ago, and the second one just a couple of years ago. They uh, were meant to not come back. They're not, they're not, they're meant to not come back. They were, um, each, it's just a little satellite-like thing that was sent out to the stars. And maybe to be found by someone in, like, a million years. Or a billion years. If they survive. But uh, no one knows what's happening to them out there, or where they're going. Or... So they just send them up. They had satellite picture, like, they had them take pictures, I think. Yeah. Like, satellites and stuff. But then, once they reached, um... A point in space where it's like you, they, you <clears throat> couldn't be they couldn't be tracked anymore, so they just lost them, and that's what they meant to do—just be out there. Somewhere. Probably the ah. the most selfless act that humanity has ever done is to send these monuments to our civilization out. They have each of them have a gold record on them, and on that that this gold record is um, information about our civilization, sounds of. Humans talking, whales. I think there's like 30 different languages recorded on that. Songs from all different cultures. There's babies crying and like all that defines our society. And like a, a, a Beatles song, I think, is on there. Oh my God, it? really? Or something. There's like, heaps, heaps of different stuff. Uh, the, Johnny, the, Johnny Be Good is on there. Yeah, there's like the location drawn on that record where Earth is. And yeah, there's a, there's a map. So there's a map to f- find Earth. Um, which is um, our closest seven stars and then drawn towards us. 
there's diagrams of what we look like, and there's also um, an image of a hydrogen atom, um, which is just to show out a scientific understanding, and to be a, a universal time holder, because the only universal time there could be is how long it takes for a hydrogen atom to switch. I don't know. I can't remember exactly how it goes. So, 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 what, so where, do you, where do you find all this? Is it like a documentary? Yeah. It's, this is just like a, a, a big scientific... This is scientific, just, this is just um, pop science, really. Yeah, if you've been into science, you know about the Voyagers and the, the, the golden record that's on there and the message they're trying to send to um, whoever might find it one day hmm. um, to, like, understand who we are, what we are, where we are what defines us and stuff like that. There was also a letter written by um, the President of the United States at the time. Um, hang on. So when was the time? Um, I think the first one got sent out in the 70s. I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm just going to, before I read the, the poem in quotes, is I'm going to read out the letter that Jimmy Carter wrote that is attached to the spacecraft. This Voyager spacecraft was constructed by the United States of America. We are a community of 240 million human beings among the more than 4 billion who inhabit the planet Earth. We human beings are still divided into nation-states, but these states are rapidly becoming a single global civilization. We cast this message into the cosmos. It is likely to survive a billion years into our future, when our civilization is profoundly altered and the surface of the Earth may be vastly changed. Of the 200 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy, some, perhaps many, may have inhabited planets and spacefaring civilizations. If one such civilization intercepts Voyager and can understand these recorded contents, here is our message. This is a present from a small distant world, a token of our sounds, our science, our image, our music, our thoughts and our feelings. We are attempting to survive our time, so we may live into yours. We hope someday, having solved the problems we face, to join the community of galactic civilizations. This record represents our hope and our determination and our goodwill in a vast and awesome universe. Signed, Jimmy Carter. So... Interesting. As the Voyager spacecraft was just about to go out of range of receiving and sending messages, Carl Sagan convinced NASA to... Good bridge road. <laughs> I was going to say, mm, that bridge road. That bridge road, beachy. It's good. Uh, convinced NASA to turn the spacecraft around and take a photo of Earth. From that distance, Earth Earth looked like this. If you guys can... I'm going to post this on Instagram. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah. It's, it's called... Co- co- this image is called the pale blue dot. And it's just blurry and pixely and... This in the middle is this not really yeah blue but more white looking tiny blurred dot. And this is what Carl Sagan had to say about this image. Look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you've ever heard of, every human being who was who ever was, lived out their lives. 
The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines. Every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there, on a moat of dust, suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that, in glory and triumph, they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings. How eager they are to kill one another. How fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe, are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbour life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit, yes. Settle, not yet. Like it or not, for the moment the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known. I think that was very poetic. It is, isn't it? Mm. That's true. Yeah. It's good. When was it written? In the 90s, right? 1994, it says here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I think it helped a lot of people to understand what's going on. Yeah, it, it, it's... <laughs> to look, like, step back, look at the bigger picture. Mm. It's It gives a great understanding of perspective. Mm. Yeah. And that's what he says, isn't it? So, that this is this is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. Mm-hmm. That just sums it up. It's 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 literally that. Everyone's feeling of feeling um so tiny in like a massive universe. This is uh, this is imagery of that. Yeah. 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 I don't I don't I don't really know what to say about this because it's not meant to be a poem. It has poetic Aspects, po- poetic aspects. Yeah. Mm. And in what ways do you think it's got poetic a- aspects? Like what? There's, well, there's imagery. Mm. Um, there's um, tempo. Mm. Uh, the this, in a way, stanzas. They're really just paragraphs, but they. they... To be fair, and no offense, Max, but you should watch Cosmos where Carl Sagan himself actually reads that out oh yeah he's a, and the way he pronounces it. things and like how he's really into it is sorry but he's done a better job reading it out than you do yeah, obviously 
<laughs> well, you'd hope so. He meant it. Um, is, um, and he had a couple more takes than me, hopefully. Yeah, he's so passionate about all that stuff and what he what he's done and the work he's done and yeah a brilliant, great, great brilliant guy man. Yeah. yeah brilliant mind yeah 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 I think you're right though in the in the imagery you know he could have the way that he's depicted it like think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors you know it's it, it's the that imagery is very poetic in that sense of it's mm. the mm. the um the articulation and of it. it all it doesn't matter when in history it all just happened at the same place yeah no i, I do it it, like, it, it, it is all that. happened here exactly the, the the kings and the peasants and yeah and the i think like for me that the bit where it was like the you know every everyone that you love and you kind of think yeah okay everyone that and then it's like every anyone that has ever lived or anyone that you've ever known yeah. and you're actually thinking like oh holy shit yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 everything like yeah. it's absolutely everything and it is, it is a really humbling thing. Yeah. And considering how old the earth is and how long we go back in, distri- in history, is it's quite amazing that it all just happened on this small space. Yeah. Mm. Yep. It's, a, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> Earth's been on a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. Earth, humanity. Yeah. But yeah, yeah no, Max, I, I, I like that. And I think that... It, um, yeah, why 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 isn't that poetry? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Also, please everyone watch Cosmos. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to watch it after this. I'm, I'm very it's intrigued. It's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I'm mind-blowing. so intrigued. You learn how colors work. Yeah, and that they have like a barcode in space. Oh, it's insane! You wouldn't it's it's so you wouldn't crazy. believe you wouldn't believe why there's colors. It's inc- it's, it's incredible. It, yeah, it's just like so much stuff you you never thought of or you. You kind of knew what's happening, but not like really. Or when that one episode, he's in the church and with the sound waves, with the sound waves, and like that. What would it be like if we could see sound waves? Like this is wow. amazing. Like it's crazy because he he plays the organ and then like you know the higher pipes, um, like the smaller pipes make higher tones and and like the longer the pipe, the, the deeper it's the sound that comes off. So the the way the sound waves are obviously different sizes and they basically um did it they did it with a computer it's computer animated but if we could see sound waves it's incredible like it's everywhere around you all the time and yeah it's pretty 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 awesome yeah so yeah cosmos on netflix by neil degrasse tyson that's a modern one there was a one a few years ago that carl sagan hosted but i've never seen that what's the one on netflix called cosmos cosmos (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah i'll check it out it's a bit weird at the start though because he's like fry, flying around in his um imaginary spaceship and like goes like because sometimes you go so far away that you're like in space and you look at all the like stuff and then he goes like really far in on like atomic mm-hmm. size and to explain stuff and ah oh, fuck it's so good interesting yeah so he has like a little spaceship he's into like ah. you know like, could discover all that yeah. and, and Neil deGrasse Tyson is just a legend so. yeah oh fuck I love him he's my hero he's my absolute hero mm. I, I'm still so sad that we missed him in New York mm. when he, we went to the Hayden Planetarium in New York and that's where he works at he's the director well. 
No way. And we looked up if he's doing like lectures and stuff, but he wasn't in the country when we went. We never would have been able to get tickets anyway. Oh, that's a big dream to see him live. Maybe we'll get him on the show. (laughs) 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 I felt like that was such. Oh. Sorry. It's all good. (laughs) 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 Like a neat, that was like a granddad, like knee slapping laugh, like. Wonderful. Lovely. What are we doing next week, guys? We've not decided. But let's pick one theme this time. Yeah. Yeah. The same one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we can do travel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We could do travel. Yeah. No. um, I don't know. I didn't even think that far. Uh... Look, if you listen to this podcast and you want to tell us what theme to do. Yeah, if you have any. Send us a message on Instagram. Wishes. (laughs) Inquiries. You can find us on at Pints and Poetry Pod. That's also our um, Facebook handle. Uh, otherwise, just uh, yell out your window. We might hear. All right. Uh, so we're going to start doing this bi-weekly. So we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.